Welcome to Backstage with Becca Beat with special guest Daniel Quadrino. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Backstage with Becca Beat. On this episode, he made his Broadway debut in Bye Bye Birdie and has since been in both Newsies and Wicked on Broadway. Plus, he's participated in workshops for Beetlejuice, Dear Evan Hansen, Freaky Friday, and most recently he was in Fly at La Jolla Playhouse in San Diego. Please welcome Daniel Quadrino. How have you been with everything going on? Um, you know, I'm fine. <laughs> as good as you can be, I think. Um, yeah, I'm in San Diego still. I was here doing a show, uh, Fly. Fly, yeah. And they let us all stay in the housing. So, like, I'm still in the artist housing through La Jolla, which is really, really amazing. So, it's been a help because A, I'm not in New York on top of people, you know, and it's spread out. It's nice. The weather's great. Yeah. But, you know, same struggles as everybody else right now, just trying to make it day to day. (laughs) But San Diego is beautiful. Oh my God, it's amazing. Um, Where are you at? I'm in Texas. I'm normally in Los Angeles, actually. Okay. But uh, Dallas, Texas. Okay. How is it over there? Uh, I mean, I've been basically just staying put. I came back because everything was so crazy in Los Angeles, especially. I don't know how things are in San Diego. They're probably better than Los Angeles. The numbers have been pretty okay here, like not too yeah. bad. And, you know, most people in San Diego are chill so (laughs) yeah i was gonna say san diego is a pretty chill place yeah it's like like beach everywhere beach houses goodness the views are incredible here like we can walk to the beach we can walk to like any hike that we need to it's really nice i went there once like no i've been there twice but i went there once with my mom and i was like i'm gonna live in a beach house here my mom was like okay you gotta make some money (laughs) exactly i'm like we we say that too i'm like i want to live here when i grow up and i'm like i am grown up and be i need to make a lot of money (laughs) yeah i was like "Mm, maybe in like i don't know 10 years 15 years yeah i know the the plan has shifted since covid came into play (laughs) the plan has shifted but i mean hopefully we get back to the normal world asap and Actors can go back to being actors and stuff. Speaking of which, have you always known that you wanted to perform and be an actor? Um, so my neighbor actually, I like my brother was a figure skater growing up. So we were kind oh. of all in like the arts in a way. And um, I remember just like, sorry, we have, we are doing a lot of arts and crafts here. So there's <laughs> just like scraps everywhere. That's all we do now. We do wow. acrylic painting and arts and crafts. Um, but yeah, I, I always knew I wanted to do something with the arts. I was always performing. We like would like put on shows in our driveway. And one of my neighbors who lived across the street from me was a rockette like back in the day. Like my, my neighbor's grandmother was one of like the early rockettes. So she she like signed me up for a dance class and I like literally bitched the entire way there. I'm like, I don't want to even, I don't want to go to a dance class. Like, what is that? Like, no, I went to one and I was like hooked. And then from there on out, I took like six dance classes a week from like, I want to say like third grade to, and then I stopped in eighth grade, but I realized I wanted to do theater once I got to like 
sixth grade because American Idol came out and I discovered I could sing and I just wanted to marry the two. (laughs) (laughs) How old were you when American Idol came out? Um, I was in elementary school. I think the first season was, I was in third grade when the first season came out. so I was like, your mom, your parents probably had to break the news to you that you were too young to audition at the time. Yeah, but, and then they were like, by the time I was old enough to audition, I was like, it's, I don't want to do it. It's such a, it's a, like a, no, it's, I don't want to do it because it's not real. Now I'm like, I'll do American Idol. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I mean, true to an extent, but like yeah. it, it can, I mean, it does jumpstart things. Right. It, it's, it's definitely positives to negatives to American Idol. I mean, I'd love to do like a singing reality show. I think like, you know, the voice would be cool or like, there's so many out there now that I think American Idol, they like own you for so long where like these other ones or it's like a little bit like easier to like make your music and do all that kind of stuff, which I'm like super into. Yeah. yeah and I mean, nowadays I'm watching American Idol and I'm like, Okay, but Broadway people are so much better at singing and stuff. It's okay. You know, we'll get there. <laughs> Need a Broadway American Idol. <laughs> Broadway Idol. <laughs> How long did it take for you to start picking up dance? Because you've been in several shows that have that have a lot of insane choreography. Yeah. Um, so I like I said, I was I started dancing in like third third grade to like seventh grade. And then I stopped in eighth grade cause I focused on like doing more theater stuff. But then like, I always was, I took classes in college and, you know, I just kind of always had it, the technique background, but I'm like, dancing is not, I do not put myself as a dancer first at all. Yeah, no, I'm more of a, like a motivated mover. Uh, I know I like can do it all, but like, it just takes me that like extra like day or so where like, you know, like I was in finals for Newsies a bunch, like, and especially yeah. like when I went to paper mill, but I didn't end up getting it, obviously. And I was uh, devastated because I wanted to be a part of it. But then it's like, I saw the choreography and I was like, oh, well, they just needed people who could like pick that up so quickly. But then when I eventually did the show, like I had four weeks to learn the show. So like I was able to do it and like do it on my own time, instead, which was a blessing. But you got to give yourself credit for picking up that choreography because oh, yeah. like, <laughs> I feel like a lot of people would never be able to do that. I, I for a fact, would never. <laughs> you know, it was, it was, uh, Newsies was like the most insane and amazing experience of my life. Like, just like the entire journey with that show. I just like, am forever thankful for that. Like, I think about it like almost daily because like, it kind of like reintroduced me into the professional um, theater scene and industry because I'd made my Broadway debut as a senior in high school and by my birdie. It was crazy. I was like, what's Broadway? And then I went to an audition and it was an open call. And then 12 callbacks later, I like, didn't know anything. I was like, I'll go to this. They're probably going to cast like now saying this, but I'm like, they're going to cast like 27, 28 year olds as adults. And that's going to be stupid. Now I'm like, please cast me as a child. Please cast me as a child. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. So like after birdie closed, I, was out of work but in school for like three years and then senior year I booked Newsies and did Newsies my entire senior year of college. That's interesting. So you went to college like already having that Broadway debut. Yeah my parents were like you have to go to college and I was like so happy that they made me go because I have like I have my degree I have a BFA majored in singing and dancing you know it was just great. I stayed in New York because I wanted to uh 
continue working. And I was able to. Do you remember the day you made your Broadway debut and what it was like? Um, it was September 10th, 2009 <laughs> or September 9th. One of the two. Um, I just remember, I remember the curtain call and just being like, did that just happen? Like, I just like remember there was like, there was 12 teens in the show. And I think seven of us were making our Broadway debut. So it was like really special and a really, really big deal. So like, it was really, really awesome. And we were like, the show had like really amazing, like Broadway veterans in it. And like, they made it so special for us. And I think that's why I love that experience. And that show so much is that like the people, like my introduction to Broadway was with like, unreal like people with good hearts like and the, at the end of the day it's like you can say what you want about like what the show was and the reviews were not great and whatever people didn't like it but like I still keep in touch with every one of those people from Bye Bye Brady it's been over 10 years at the beginning of quarantine we did a big zoom reunion that I love that <laughs> But some of the some of my favorite shows personally are some of the ones that don't get like the best reviews. So it's right. like you never know. And it's like the same with movies too. Right. I feel like reviews are like silly because it's one person's opinion dictating the rest of the show's future, which I think is very dumb. And I agree sometimes with reviews, but I mostly don't agree with them a lot of times. Yeah. It's like you can't negative reviews. I'll say not like, you know, if it's a good review that I've seen the show and I liked it and I probably agree. (laughs) When did you get newsies in the timeline? So, so I was auditioning for newsies my entire, like right after birdie happened, there was like a year in between. And then like, it was my freshman year at St. Francis college in Brooklyn Heights. And I was auditioning, 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 was in finals for it at Paper Mill. That didn't happen. That was 2012, I think. 2011, 2012. They, aud- they auditioned end of 11. It started up, like, early 2012. Didn't get it. Um, auditioned 24 times before I got that. And, um, yeah, it was crazy. I was a senior in college at the point. At that point, I was, you know, gearing up for my senior showcase. But, you know, I kind of already was making it work like I was fortunate enough to work before Pace and Birdie so like I had my agent I had my like you know my kind of like career path going like I was auditioning regularly and just kind of like waiting for the you know like newsies to come around but like my last time in I you know I was at peace with you know I've been in so many times that if I don't get it this time, I can't go in anymore because like they know if they want me now at this point, I, they've seen me do literally everything. So by the time I got it, there was four people at a final callback. I tell the story all the time. Um, that's, uh, there was four people at the final callback. They call my agent and they're like, we're holding another final callback for Danny next week. Have him take a week of ballet to make sure his technique is all on. And I was like, Oh my God. But I did. Um, and then I went and did my final callback in front of everyone, Harvey, Jeff, the whole team, like literally the whole team. Um, I do my thing. I dance, I sing, do the, do both combos, do my crutchy packet, do my Davy packet, do my Albert is the track I got. Um, 
And I am like at the elevator at Pearl Studios and I'm like about to get on the elevator and the casting director was like, Danny, they want to ask you something else. Can you come back? And I was like, sure. Like not thinking anything of it. The other guys hear that that's happening and they kind of just like hover a little bit. So then like the casting director was like, oh, never mind. But then like I'm back the elevator and then they're like, actually, can you come back? And I was like, okay. And it was just like this, like, and I'm still like so oblivious, don't know anything happening. I walk in the room and everyone's just like smiling at me, just kind of like, and I'm like, okay, what's up, guys? Like, I had a train to make. I was going to visit Long Island. Like, my parents are <laughs> Long Island. Um, but, like, I didn't say that. I was like, whatever. If I have to wait for the next train, I will. But, um, yeah, Jeff Calhoun, the director, was like, Danny, we want to thank you for all your hard work. Like, you've, like, put so much into this. Like, blah, blah. I was waiting for, like, the giant, like, but it's not going to work. But And, like, we just wanted to thank you and, like, show you that we, like, are appreciative of your work. So everyone's like smiling at me and Mark Hummel, the music director, I vividly remember his smile because like he was just like, he ended up being like one of my biggest like cheerleaders at the show. I love him. Um, but Jeff was like, we just have one more question. I was like, what's up? I was like, do you need me to be a newspaper at this point? Like I will. And, um, <laughs> and, they were like, How <laughs> and they were like, how would you like to be a newsie? And I was like, Are you kidding me? and I like broke down, cried. It was just like, the craziest day of my life <laughs> wow yeah it was it was it was pretty 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 uh insane I just remember just yeah I cried a lot on that train ride home <laughs> I mean it, I cry every time I get a job though I'm such a wimp <laughs> but it's like it's exciting yeah no it really is it's exciting every time you have something and that magic like has it and I like love that that like the magic of me getting something is not lost on me because like yeah I do care so much and like this is like what I feel like I was born to do so you know I like to you know I'm always thankful for what I what I get even when it's hard on the hard days I still try to find ways to be yeah and I mean things you mentioned how many times you auditioned and things happen at the right time yeah my dad actually gave me the best piece of advice and was like it's not a matter of if it's going to happen. It's a matter of when. And I was like, that was like the best advice I've ever gotten in regards to auditioning. And, he, and my parents are not in the business whatsoever. But like, I was like, oh, that's like a really good, like, thing, like a motto to live by. I'm like, you know what? You put the work in. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. That's what yeah. I always tell people. <laughs> hey. I mean, I feel like people in this business need to hear that because like, it's such a, you get told no more than you get told yes sometimes. Right. Getting told no is a full-time job. But like, I also say that like, you got to take those no's and like put them in the Kool-Aid that's going to make you get the yes. You know what I mean? Like like, use it as fuel. (laughs) Speaking of that, how do you work on like self-confidence when auditioning? You know, that's, I've never been asked that before, actually. You know, I just try to bring myself into the audition room because, like, they know, as unfortunately and fortunately, they know as soon as you walk in if they want you, which I think is a flaw in our business sometimes because, like, it shouldn't yeah. just be about, like, what you look. And a lot, and it's not, but, like, they know, especially, like, once, you know, like, I, I've been in a few shows, so, like, you know, and I've been in for all these casting directors. So if they know me, and they're bringing me in. They're like, obviously like see something in me to call me in, in general. Like, you know, like if I get called in by Telsey, I'm like, well, they know me. So like, I know that they at least maybe think that I could fit in here. So like, I try to just, and I try to like, I used to be really early for audition. 
and I would sit in like the waiting room, like in like in my really early, I mean like 15 minutes to 20 minutes early, which I think is too much. I like try to get there between like five and 10 minutes earlier now, like if it's an appointment, because I don't want to see everybody else going in and out of the room. That psychs me out like crazy. I think it gives me so much anxiety. Um, I think the older I get, the more that is a thing because I like know so much more about this business than I like, you know, but like when I was younger and like, I was so like ignorant to everything. I was like, Brad may work. Like, this is so much fun. But now I'm like, okay, like I can't see all these people going in. Cause I'm going to be like, well, they are, they're going to get cast because they look, look at them. Like they're so much better than I am. So it's just like kind of being kind to yourself and just like, like giving yourself those mantras before you leave the house. Like you got this, you know, I listen to like you know, my pump up playlist on the way to auditions and just like try to try to remain, remain grounded, take a few deep breaths. And like, you know, if they don't want me, they're lost and, you know, bigger and better things will come. Yes. What, uh, what's a song that like you, what's a go-to song that you listen to before an audition? I guess it depends on the audition. Like a lot of times it's like, whatever album is out then that like i bit like i'm obsessed with um but it's usually anything that's like upbeat and like like not i'm trying to like a, a self-worth anthem you know what i mean like like something like i don't know i don't know why this is off the top of my head but like like a kelly clarkson kind of like yes. um like breakaway some something like breakaway or like you know like well, I just had one in my in my head that I was like, oh, obviously that. The oh my god, I'm gonna look it up on Spotify. <laughs> I need to know now. It's, I mean, Kelly Clarkson's always a good choice, right? It's like you know, just something like upbeat and like, oh, like stronger, like and like since you've been gone, and like you know, just like something like just loud to like drown out the voices in my head telling me that I'm gonna suck <laughs> yeah the like shut up devil on my shoulder yeah exactly go away shoo yeah. like I do not have time for you right now <laughs> did you have to learn like different dance tracks for newsies um no so Albert Albert was like the dance heavy track that I did. Crutchy, I had to learn choreo with the crutch, which was like hard, but he was only in act one. So it was like um, easier. But like, and I like knew the choreo that we did. It was like, all oh, one, uh, where I will know that one. Uh, I was like, what is this one called? I just like remember the choreo. Like, but um, yeah, so like that wasn't hard. And then Davey didn't really dance that much either. So like, and the King of New York stuff, like, was the yeah. same vocab that we all did. So, like, it was, it wasn't as tough as just, like, I had to learn all the dances. And, like, I was more of a singer drag, but I did every dance number, everything. Like, I was doing everything that, like, every other newsie was doing. I just didn't do, like, the flips and the, the tricks, you know? Like, I was there holding down that, like, alto yeah. two part. Like, <laughs> But still, you were, you essentially learned different tracks for the show and had to memorize different tracks. Oh yeah. Yeah. But so, I, yeah. So I understudied him by my birdie as well. So like I, I have already, I was already like stamped. Like I'm a good understudy, like, cause I knew my stuff and like, you know, so like that was, that's a hard mold to like break out of. Like, and that's why like when I eventually went out on the road with Charlie and Chalk Factory, 
that was one of the main reasons why I took the job because I was playing Mike and not just covering. So like, it was cool for that, but like, you know, up until wicked, I was covering and I still, and like, I mean, and, and fly, I was uh, covering as well. Like I was my track, but also covering Peter Pan. But it's like such an important day. And it's, I mean, you're basically, I call the understudies and swings MVPs of the show because like, <laughs> they, well, it is, you just have to learn more. I, I give it up for those, for the swings. Like there's a special like brain cell that I do not have to be a swing. Like my cap, I think it's like four tracks that I could learn. You know, I've, the most I've done is three and I know that about myself, but <laughs> I could learn maybe one. So <laughs> maybe when you're thrown into it, you'd be surprised. Like <laughs> a lot of color coding and a lot of just like, you know, like knowing this, I do a lot. Like that's like my main thing. I think is like color coding what I'm learning. It's like, well, blue is Davy, orange is crunchy, yellow is Albert. Like, boom, got it. And like, and so like if they're on the same page, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mix me up. I'm like, well, this is all highlighted, but I'm like, oh, each color is a different character. Yes. So no cards in my pocket. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I've never been good at note cards, so I don't know. I would probably fail. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'd be fine. You just need your cue line and your entrance and cue line to leave and your exit. What will you exit? And then you got everything else. It's in there. I promise. They won't put you on if you're not ready. They really wouldn't like they make sure you're ready. And like, you know, sometimes like I didn't have, I didn't have a put in for when I went on as Hugo. Wow. Um, I had a rehearsal in the in the lobby of the Sondheim Theater with our stage manager who taught me the blocking an hour before the show. It was pretty wild. But like I I would I even then knew my stuff because I knew the lines and all I need to know is like, do I sit here? Do I stand there? Okay, I kind of knew because I was always watching. And when you're an understudy, they kind of like block you around that person. So it's like you can kind of see, or at least in, in my experience, I feel like I've been able to learn a lot by being on stage every night too, listening. Just you know the show. It, like I could have done Alpha, but by the time I left Wicked, I'm like it was there for two and a half years. Like I know it. <laughs> hey, you could be in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> that might come out. Yeah, that maybe. I don't. I don't know. I don't know no, what kept it on that is, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I know the director like exited, but like I'm hoping it still happens. I want it to happen. Me too. I would love it. I need it to happen. Same. I need a look at movie. I need it. It'll happen. Everything else is happening. <laughs> uh, if you could play any other character in Newsies, which one would you have wanted to play? I really want to play Jack at some point. I just think that would be super cool. Um, because I've done Davy, I've done Crutchy, and it'd be nice to do the other male lead. And then when I'm like 50, I can play Pulitzer. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, hey cross everything off the list i mean you know that'd be cool <laughs> there's a lot of regional productions of it still because yeah, I've like, had, well yeah i mean we're i mean i've done crutchy regionally twice i did at muni and pittsburgh clo back to back which was super awesome um and that was crazy because like i couldn't imagine learning the show that show in a week like when you do a regional production like that you rehearse for yeah. like 10 days and then you have like a week of shows and I was so thankful that I like was familiar with my good friend Crutchy and really only had to learn the new, the new song that they added for the tour that I didn't get to do, which was like really awesome to get to like visit Crutchy again. 
learn about him and then like do this song. And it was amazing to sing it at the Muni because it was like outside and just magic. <laughs> it's such a, it's such a well-known theater too. Like it, yeah. no matter where you live, if you're a theater fan, you're like, Oh, I know that theater. Meet me at the Muni. It's why I loved the, the Muni so much. So then uh, you got Bach and Wicked while well, understudying. Yeah. So after Newsies closed, I uh, did Peter Pan Live on NBC. Yes. And, and then that, that, that was, I say every experience was crazy, but they're all so different. Um, <clears throat> you know, we rehearsed Peter Pan like a normal musical the first couple of the first like a month. And then we went out and filmed, like we went to the soundstage, which was on Long Island where I grew up. And in, we would get on the train, we would take it to um, Hicksville and then they would pick us up in a van and we'd pass my community theater every day on the way to the south stage. So it was like a very full circle moment yeah. to be like, know where I came from. Whoa. This is wild. I'm rehearsing for my like TV debut. Like, you know, and I, I had the best time doing that, you know, again, like I actually, I didn't book it at first. And then I was going to do a show at good speed. And then I got a call last, like probably like three weeks before rehearsal started and be like, actually you got it. And I'm like, cool. I don't need to know those details, but I, you're going to do it. And it was so fun. But then after Peter Pan closed, closed, opening and closed. Opening and closed. Yeah. <laughs> first preview, last preview, opening and closing on the last night, uh, first night. And so that closed. And then I had like, that was December. And then I had like two months off. I got a dog. <laughs> and, um, what kind of dog? He's a Cavapoo. He's not the best. He's Aww. laying on the couch. He's the best. His name is Jackson. Um, it was his birthday this week. So I have like decoration. <laughs> I love that. Quarantine. Um, but yeah, so I got a dog and then I auditioned. Speaking of, my dogs are downstairs. I hear. Um, I auditioned for the tour for Bach. Didn't get it. Um, just, like, didn't work out, like, date-wise. And, like, they said I was, like, too tall. And then um, and then I went in for the track that I ended up doing. It was, like, a one-day audition. And I... Um, no, it was two days, actually. I did my dance call and I read for like Bach, but they didn't have me come back and read for Bach because I was in two weeks prior. And they're like, we know you can do it. Like, we don't need you to come do it. So then the next day they had me come or later in that afternoon. I know there was like, just like either a day or like a few hours. And then they had us come in one by one. And again, it was like lucky number four, four people again. And, um, speaking of which, um, love it. <laughs> Jax. Um, sorry. Then they had the like all four of us one by one come in and just sing the end of No One Warns the Wicked, like the B flat at the end, just one by one. And I didn't crack and I uh, ended up getting it. And I remember my agent calling me the next day. I was taking Jackson to get a haircut and I was in a cab and my agent said, they need you in Oz. And what did I do? I cried because, <laughs> well, I mean, like eighth grade Daniel died, died the day I got Wicked. I mean, I remember seeing it in eighth grade. I skipped my chorus concert and I saw Dina Menzel and oh. Jennifer Laura Thompson and Joey McIntyre. 
And oh, true. I know. And crazy enough, I went back and looked at my playbill, and some of the people that were in the show then were still on the show, and I did it. And wow. Yeah, and I was like dead at that. But um, yeah, I remember turning to my mom, and I was like, "I'm going to do this one day. I'm going to do this one day." And then to get to call them and be like, "Be wicked!" Like I was literally so obsessed with Wicked in middle school. I mean, I think everybody was. But like, yeah, I was in the online day Wicked day singing contest. Um, the second year Wicked was out, that was 2004. No, yeah, the end of 2004. And, uh, you know, my screen name was Tragically Green too, you know. <laughs> a lot. I remember Long Wicked Beach. Like the, the beaches, like, you know, like when you're at the beach and they have like the planes with the ads, like go. Yes. They had like a Wicked ad and then they had people on the beach like handing out like Wicked fans and like green sunblock. And I would like just like put it on my face and be like running around the beach like Alpha Bum. Like, like, yeah, like they should have known I was gay then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm gonna, I'm gonna start as Alpha <laughs> Right, exactly. I'm gonna be LP. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do you think I mean I've talked to multiple people about Wicked and the audition processes for most people for that show seem like really quick compared to other shows. Do you think part of what makes Wicked still successful 17 years later is the efficiency behind the scenes? I mean, it is like a well-oiled machine. And I think because it's been out now 17 years, they have such a big file of people that come in and audition. So a lot of times, like when they need a track filled, they'll go to their files and then call in a, a certain amount of people that they already know can do it. Which I think is a blessing and a curse sometimes because like there's people that I know that can't get an audition for the gig but are yeah. perfect for the part. And I just, you know, but I do think that the reason Wicked is so successful is because it is run so well. I mean, every time you go see it, like it looks like it opened yesterday. Yeah. Like it really does. Like, and they like, and that's like everybody going into it. Like, you know, the producers are wonderful and, you know, they have a lot of money, so they're able to keep upkeep it. And, you know, it's such a phenomenon that it's like, they want to like, you know, live up to the reputation. So I think it's, that's why it's a well-oiled machine because, and why it's so efficient because everything is run so well. And they, and they know they've had like 17 years of like of experience now. Yes. If you could go back to the show and play any other character in the show. Who would you play? Um, well, besides Alpha. <laughs> besides Alfie Girl. Um, I feel like I'd be a really, really great Glenda standby. <laughs> but I think I'd want to, I'd really love to, I know it sounds stupid, but I'd love to be Bach full time. Like I covered it, but I'd love to have that sort of like ownership of like, this is the role that like, I'm going to, like, I'm doing this eight times a week. This is my role. I'm not just stepping in. I yes. want to be able to like be completely comfortable in it. Not yes. that I wasn't by the end of my, I was in the show for two and a half years. So like by like, like a year in, I was very comfortable, like whenever I'd go on, but I would love to just do it for six months even. <laughs> hey, I could, I could see them bringing you back for that. I mean, that'd Hopefully. be nice. Your lips to Wicked's ears. Yes. So then you mentioned being a lead on tour for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and taking it because like you wanted to have that eight show a week experience. Yeah. What else do you think like made you gravitate towards that role and what made, I mean, 
What was different about touring than being on Broadway? Um, well, I, so at first what made me like, I was in callbacks for Mike TV on Broadway. So I was like, definitely like, like wanting to do that. And I literally remember when I didn't get, it, I was like, I'm going to do the tour. Like that's it. It's whatever. I'll just do the tour. Like it's going to happen. So I manifested it up and you know, I think what made me so attracted to that was that it was a principal role. And like, I was finally going to be able to like, no, I'm not a cover. Not n- nothing wrong with that. I just like was ready for that next step where I'm like, I've done three, three Broadway shows and I've covered in every one of them. No, have I done three? Yes. Oh my God. I was like, have I done three Broadway shows? Yeah. <laughs> I covered in all three of them that like, by the time, like I was in for Mike and it just felt like such a good fit. Um, and then I'd never been on a tour before and it was a first national production contract, which is like the highest tier that you could do like the best kind of contract for a national tour. We had really great sit downs was in Toronto for seven and a half weeks, you know, most places for two weeks at least, you know, and then we had like a stint of like six one weekers in a row. And even that wasn't so bad, but it was, and it was like in the dead of winter when we were doing the one weeker. So we were inside the whole time anyway, but, um, It was, uh, I think that's what made me want to do the tour. I like, you know, say what you want again, say what you want about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. They changed a lot of it for the tour. And I think it was made to go on tour because it was a lot of children's first experience with theater. Like it was amazing to go city to city to see kids like be like, Oh my goodness. Like this is my first like theater experience. And like, I, I, you know, like, I think it's a good experience. Like, and I think that they added a lot more magic to the production from Broadway. (laughs) They learned, you know, and they still hadn't gotten it right. They said, so they wanted to like get it closer to being right. And then even non-equity tour that went out after us, sadly, that is now shut down because of COVID they made improvements on that and like different changes and stuff like that. So they, I think that's kind of cool that they're like still trying to get it right. But I think what made me so attracted to the show in general was that I was going to be playing a principal. Like, I think that bottom line, I was finally going to be like, Oh, I'm playing Mike TV and Mike TV only not playing, you know, Albert cover crutchy crutch or TV, you know, or like the rat track and wicked again. I don't, I want to like emphasize that there is nothing wrong with covering. I love it. I'm do. I did it in my last gig and, but it was really cool to just be able to take an ownership of a role. And only, only like certain kinds of people who learn roles really well can cover. I feel like, you know, I, I think that I have, showed that like when I do go on in a track that I cover that I do it well and like even yeah. fly like I had to be ready to I was ready to do under like do runs in the studio as Peter because like there was so many flying technical elements and they were teching the flying bits with the the people who are Peter and Wendy but then they would be in the studio and then I'd be doing flying training and then flip up. And so like, I had to be like really ready to do any, like go on at any moment. I mean, and again, we had three performances post opening night and then we got shut down, but. That makes me so fun. Yeah. We did 27 previews though. So I didn't feel like cheated out of the experience. I just would have loved to like finish it out and like get comfortable in our frozen show that like we had. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wanted to go see it too. So I was really upset. I wanted to like go no. to the now. It's really cool. I hope it's not the end of it. That's all I can say. Like, I mean, I really do 
think it's special. And I think when Broadway is safe to open up again and they're ready to open up new shows, I think this would be a really good show to bring to Broadway because it's a show about female empowerment and that like, you know, women can be the hero of their own stories and, you know, you know, she doesn't need Peter to save her. She can save herself, you know, like that's. Yes. I, and I love that about it. And it's just the choreo, the team, everything is just incredible, you know? Mm-hmm. And I want to, I mean, you keep going back to how you cover roles. So how do you make roles your own when you cover roles? Um, good question. I kind of just like, I do my own research and I think I bring myself into every role. And I think everyone kind of brings a piece of themselves into every role that they do. So it's I mean, I think it's easy to make it your own because if you're putting yourself into that, it's like, for example, like I put it, I, when I put myself into box shoes, my circumstances and my way of seeing the role is different than say Robin Jesus, who is, who is, who is someone I covered um, or Zach Potter. Or, you know, and like for Crutchy, it was like there, but to piggyback onto that for a second, there are certain things that are like very, like, you must do this. You must do this. This is something that you have to do. And like, you know, the general like blocking brush strokes, I'll say of the character are all like, this is the character. You can't be like, I'm Bach and he's not going to look good at this time. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) You can't really do that. But like, it's. I think it just all comes with like experience. I mean, at least for me, like my first time on in any understudy track is usually a blur. And I always say shoveled love, you know, if I'm like in the way, just push me. But that's never really happened. (laughs) Has any Glinda like ever made you break character in Wicked? Because I feel like that's such an, like the Bach and Glinda scenes are so funny. Um, I was, I'm, was very and still am very close with one of my Glindas. Uh, I mean, most of the Glindas that I did it with, I was very close with and still am, but Carol Lindsay and I did Newsies together and then we got to do Wicked together. So like when I went on like the first few times, it was like, Oh my God. Like, I just like, we like, we're like, okay. And we would like really hold it in. And then, but like, there was like, just like a little bit of a like crack of a smile, you know, but my first time on is Bach. I was this, I broke because I was on stage with my, my good friend, Lily Cooper was the Elfie standby at the time. And she was on. And I remember the line in act two being like, you're lying. That's all you ever do. You and your sister, she's just as wicked as you are, but I forgot it. And I was like, you're lying. She's wicked. Like you And I just like <laughs> put my head on my chest because I was like, ah, shit. Like, but you know you live you learn <laughs> I, hey and it's like it's things like that that make life theater so special and that yeah and nobody noticed like nobody noticed that anything was wrong you know what I mean but it's still like it's still regardless it's like different every night oh absolutely I and I love I love onstage mishaps I love when stuff goes wrong and of course when no one's hurt but I love when stuff goes wrong <laughs> Yes. And I want to get into your music, but first I noticed a lot of workshops on your resume. Oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> Which I really wanted to talk about because like, it's, I mean, you've been in a lot of really success, like workshops for really successful shows. Yeah. What is it like being in a workshop and being involved in a show at those beginning stages? Um, 
Well, it's a well, which one do you want to know about? <laughs> um, which one was the best? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think all of them are really cool. I think for me, what was really cool was when I did the first Freaky Friday, the first reading of Freaky Friday, um, and it was the first workshop of the Tom Kit Brian Yorkie one. So like, I just was like, literally like in awe the entire time because I was like, I'm in the same room as Tom Kit Brian Yorkie. <laughs> like, and I'm such a next to normal fan like dream show need to play henry or gabe at some point in my life like yes do it um so that was really awesome and then like dear evan hansen wasn't even called dear evan hansen when i did it it was yeah it was called it was the last workshop before they went out of town so it was called the untitled daniel levinson project because he wrote the book i believe that's what it was called wow because it was also like a big secret and all the leads were still the people that you saw but then like i was like the voices like in the ensemble like so like i was there was two boy ensemble members and two girl ensemble members um and yeah i did it and then like i haven't gone in since and like you know i would have loved to get to the chance to go in for evan at some point but i think the ship has sailed. I think I'm a little too old now. <laughs> you never know. Uh, no, I know. I know that it's not going to happen. And I've just like, let it go. Um, to just like, yes, I do know that much that I will not be doing Darren Hansen. Um, <laughs> and it's no hard feelings. I mean, I've gotten through the emotions about it. I was definitely like devastated, but at first, but that show was really cool. And I love the music. And again, like, yeah, Pascal and Paul. Like what? And I don't, I don't. Oh, and then I did the Beetlejuice. I did Beetlejuice. Yeah. <laughs> the Beetlejuice was crazy because I did this workshop where it was like I half booked it, so they couldn't. I did the Act Two workshop, so I stayed. We did the stage version of Act Act Two, and then the second two weeks was like a full twenty nine hour reading, and like I was basically filling in with other really awesome people that only did the first two weeks but it happened it was really cool because i got to work with carol shelley like she was like i had like moments with her like may she rest in peace and it was really cool to see her like because i've been such a fan of hers and alex timbers is amazing um and just a genius and it was really cool because i was like only there for like two weeks i got to like try on all of like the special effects that they were testing out which was super cool like they would have me stay and i would like try on like the like shrunken head thing or like do that stuff which was awesome and uh yeah i met like some really cool people i like became friends like one of my like i met one of my best friends doing that and like again like it was the same producers as charlie and the chocolate factory so my final for the tour was actually on a lunch break for Beetlejuice so they were like and it's same casting director same everyone so like I was already doing them a favor by doing this like two-week workshop so I was like okay maybe they'll like throw me a bone and like give me a solid so like I remember like shaving in the new 42 bathroom like putting on my like little like baby baby boy beat on running to Pearl Studios dressed like my TV as like as like nonchalantly as I could. Yeah. And like the producer who was at all of our Beetlejuice rehearsals were like, wait, you're missing rehearsal. I was like, you do this. And like, we like made a joke about it and like, it was fun. And then, but like, I think that's why Beetlejuice was so special to me was because I was like, 
Well, I, I knew going into Beetlejuice that I was only doing two weeks. So like I was attached and I was like, well, if it comes to Broadway, maybe I will like come in and replace or whatever. The track that I was doing in Beetlejuice ended up being cut out of town. It was like the dead boy band. Like, okay. didn't have, yeah. It changed up a lot from what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't get to see the show on Broadway, sadly enough, because I was gone and then I was gone again. But then, so yeah, so Beetlejuice was cool because like that, I feel like helped me like get to know the producers. The producers knew that I was like a, someone reliable and someone great. And I remember being back from that lunch break early and Mark, who the producer, Mark Hoffman was there. And he's like, did you want to go on tour? I was like, yeah, I've never gone on tour and I want to play a lead. And then like three weeks later, I got the job. I was like, okay, okay, here we go. (laughs) Hey, again, things happen for a reason. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. You were given that workshop to get you into the lead, the lead role on tour. Yeah. It's crazy though. Cause every, like every workshop I've done, I've like only done the workshops. (laughs) Hey. So but, I like help develop and then like I get when I get to see it on stage. Like when I saw Dear Evan Hansen on stage, like I was a mess just because like, I remember like hearing the music and loving it so much. And then I saw it off Broadway and I was just like, okay, it was so wild. Is anyone not a mess watching that show? I, I mean, I, I've talked to people that don't like it and I understand. I understand how people, I like, everyone, people have their own opinions about things. And I think, you know, there's definitely like, you know, I think that they could do a better job casting a more diverse cast. And I think that they're starting to learn that. But I think, you know, I think, yeah. So I think that that's like one of my hangups with it. And, you know, I just think it was like, okay. And like the fact that I'm like rooting for a liar, it's like weird, you know, like in a way. Like, <laughs> so like, but I still like, I'm nothing against the show. Like music is amazing. Like, you know, I think it's so special. So. Yeah. No, that is weird. You, like, find yourself sitting there, like, oh, why am I sad for him? Like, right. He, it's he, like when you I watch Dexter that. and you're rooting for a serial killer. Like, I'm like, oh, why do I want this serial killer to get away with this? <laughs> <laughs> because it's just something about the writing, huh? Yeah, exactly. And because on Dexter, he only killed bad people. But, <laughs> but okay. I'm going mean, to make it right. <laughs> yeah, it's like a very... Yeah, it's weird. Thin, like thin line type of thing. Yeah. So what's the funniest thing that's ever happened to you on stage besides the Wicked story? There's a lot that happened during Wicked. But uh, my first show at Newsy is like in, uh, so like, like carrying the banner happens and like, or like the beginning of it. And I'm like, oh yeah, like I got a leg of lamb. And then I like go to my little like tower where the thing, the screen comes up and we all turn around and we like hit hit our hat on the five and then put it on on like the eight. And I remember I'm like, ain't it a fine like Boom. And my hat literally flew off the tower and just like landed on the stage. And I was like, and that was my first show. And I was like, well, if that's the worst thing that happens today, fierce. But I had a really hard time. So the wings at the Nederlander were very thin and I had to like, like bring this like news cart in like for top oh. of like world will know scene. And, or, and at the end of carrying the banner, like my track was always the one that would move that. And I would always hit the, hit the wing and like the stage hands, like we, <laughs> I, they're like our family too. I remember they would always be like, they would be like shining the light, the, the flashlight. Right like, Don't hit the wing today, Danny. But, um, also in Wicked, another wing hitting story, I played Abrick Fierro's driver 
and I did like the handshake. Yes. I was like, Ooh, I want to see when I when you get kicked out of this school, basically. And Another I like, thing. yeah, and I like get on the bike and I like ride it and I literally hit the wing and it's just like the entire and like everybody on stage is laughing at me and like thankfully I'm laughing too. Last one, same show. Well, not same. I don't know if it was the same show, but it was wicked still. And I was the track in one short day that did the ticket thing on the scooter. And he like, yeah. and gives Elfie, uh, Glenda the pickup. And it was Kara and Rachel Tucker. And I like go to attack the scooter and like hit it. Like, you know, like go into like plie while I'm scooting across the stage. I missed the scooter. Like I just like totally missed the scooter. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try it again. Like fierce. I do it again. <laughs> missed again. And I literally pick up my razor scooter in one hand and I just like saunter. Like with and I like give her the ticket, look at her and I wink and Kara's like fully crying. Like fully crying. <laughs> it's like not even holding in her laughter. And I was like, well, and then I come back in and like, my, go well. Yeah, I'm like, work. And then like we do like Wizamania and my my track had like the big like hat like that and like yes. big hips. And there was a group of like girls in the first row, like literally pointing at me and laughing. And I was like, you know what? If you can't laugh at yourself, like how can you laugh at anybody else? So like, I was just like crying. Cause also I was like, no one's going to know that that was me when I leave this show. I look like I'm like a glorified, like, you know, I look like a, a set piece with my costume. It's so big. <laughs> those, those costumes are literally, I didn't, really notice full on how like huge they are until I sat in the front row and I'm telling you the dress is very heavy I've tried it on it's 15 pounds like I'm telling you those costumes if you sit in the front row talk about like the obstruction with the views (laughs) right I know like like, can you move your hip I want to (laughs) see like your hat is a little too tall (laughs) yeah I know I know (laughs) so funny it's like even row b makes a huge difference with the right like i like 10 rows back center at the gershwin because i'm like i can see everything yeah but i also like that at the gershwin like the it's kind of like almost like a little like slightly stadium seating that it all goes up theaters and same with the richard rogers like that like it kind of goes up too like that yeah 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 yeah. that's true i was gonna say for with the hat thing at least it didn't like land in the audience Oh my god! If it did, I wouldn't have gotten it back. One of the Glinda—I feel like someone would have stole it. One of the one of the Glinda standbys was on one time, and she was like, oh, like with her purse, like like flirting with Fiero, and she accidentally fl- threw it into the audience. But then at intermission, someone put it on the like the cog, which is like the cut out of the clocks, like on like you know <laughs> the stages like that, like um, and they put it on the on the stage, which I thought was very nice. <laughs> Probably after a full-on photo shoot, but... Yeah, they were like, look at Glenda's purse. They probably <laughs> opened it. I would have. I wouldn't have given it back. <laughs> is there actual money in here? Yeah, I was like, is it, is it mania money? <laughs> right? Okay, so then uh, I have to ask you, talked about... Uh, B.A. Emil, you talked about how you're working on music. Yeah, um, I'm writing a new... I have, like, one single on iTunes and Apple Music and Spotify. Uh, it's available where we can stream music. But I'm working on some new music that I'm hoping to have done uh, early, early 20, what is it, 2020? Early 2021. <laughs> early 2021. What and um, <laughs> literally what year is it? What day is it? Obviously. Well, I do know what day it is because it's election day tomorrow and I'm very anxious. <laughs> but what month um, is it? <laughs> yeah, but literally what month is it? Um, yeah, I'm working on a new song and it's uh, nothing like I've ever really done before. It's uh, really, really, really like pop heavy, which is like, awesome like 
all the other stuff I've written is like very singer songwritery kind of like, you know, breakup songs. Cause that's how I've been able to write. And that's where I like, whenever I go through a breakup, I'm able to like write depressing music, but this is like, um, I'm writing with two other people and it's really exciting because it's like, I don't think I've really heard other songs like this and with this subject matter before. And I just, you know, I don't want to give it away or give you a, you know, but like, look out for that. And, you know, you can find that on my Instagram or my Twitter. That's what I use. And it's at Danny Quadrino. Very easy to find me. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully more information on that soon. And what is the single called? I'll put the link in the, I'll put links in the bio. Oh, the single that's out on iTunes and Spotify right now is called Where to Begin. Okay. Fantastic. Would you ever think about writing songs for a musical? I don't think I have that in me, at least right now. I could consult and work with other people on making on making a musical, but like I I don't know. I at least not right now. Like I mean, I want to write an album first and then and then let's talk. <laughs> okay. I get down for that album. Yeah, I mean, me too, and hopefully I think that's like I think what we're going to do is release a single then release an EP and then release a full yeah. album. So hopefully this, even if it's a year of not working in theater, hopefully I will just be making a lot of music. And, I, and I'm sure like Kickstarters, et cetera. And you're, you've been doing uh, stuff with uh, some of the sites that are offering like meet and greets and lessons. Yeah. And I'm on Broadway plus and I'm on artist and beyond. Um, so you can book with me through there or you can message me and we can figure something out. I'm always happy to coach you on singing through songs or, you know, help talk about the business or like college prep and, you know, work on monologues, work on songs, scenes, talk about life. Um, I'm really, I'm really love coaching pop music and helping people figure out how it sounds good to them and in their voice and not try to copy other people and what, you know, like it's hard when you sing a pop song, especially as a theater, a musical theater performer, I grew up listening to pop music. So I'm like a pop singer first, but you know, it's, it's hard when like, you don't know how to sing pop, but it's, it, everyone can do it. You just need to, you just need a little help. And I love helping people with that. So yeah, but it- out there and you want that. And <laughs> I'll put the I'll put the link in the description as well. Yeah. But it it is hard when you're like trying to sing a pop song. You do like try to copy the singer's voice. And right. The, like you don't have to copy Britney Spears. Like you can sound like yourself, and it's yeah, it'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah. So then, lastly, how do you think live theater is going to be different when it's able to come back? And do you think virtual theater will uh, stick around? You know, I. <sighs> I really don't know. I think, I think live theater, once there's a vaccine, I think it will be a little bit more like what we were used to. And I honestly don't think broad or theater will be back to that capacity until there's a vaccine. Um, But I think once there is, I think, you know, I think people backstage will probably have to wear masks for a while. Um, You know, regular testing. I think the audiences are going to be social distanced for a little while. I I don't think that's the issue right now about like why Broadway isn't open. I think it's more the backstage because a lot of these theaters are holes in the wall. Like, you know, they're so small and everyone's on top of each other. And, you know, I think for people's safety, especially in a backstage, like we need a vaccine if you're going to be that close to people or, or, and you need to 
have testing, you know, when you like rapid test when you get in the building, but also there has to be enough tests for everyone. So I think it's just a lot of like problem solving right now. As for virtual theater, I, I mean, I think it's going to still be a thing for a while. I mean, I, it, I mean, I haven't really done much of much virtual theater. You know, I do my own covers and on my Instagram and, you know, I do my own videos and that's my way of virtual theater, but I'm just creating music and creating art for the sake of creating. Like I'm not trying to, you know, like make that, a, a pro make profit off of that. But like, I will say like, I don't know if you watched this, but like the other night, uh, Jay Johnson did a full Halloween special for, I put a spell. It's called, I put a spell on you and the Sanderson sisters break the internet. And that awesome. virtual theater experience was honestly like incredible and that like set the bar for me there's been a lot of really good ones yeah like i think and i love seeing like the readings that people do like on zoom i think that's really fun but and i think it's just like everyone's just trying to make it make it accessible for everyone right now do yeah. i hate that the same six people are asked to do all these things sometimes absolutely but you know it yeah. is what it is and like we're creating our own opportunities for ourselves that's like my goal from here forward it's just like i'm not gonna just sit and like compare myself to others and be bitter that i'm not getting asked to do things i'm just gonna make my own stuff and what comes of it comes of it and people and if people like it and watch it they do and if they don't i'm still having fun and you never know you could get asked to do something off something right. that you're creating right i just like the only thing that i'm like struggling with because i'm old is tiktok i can't i can't do it i'm like, I mean, really bad at same <laughs> my dad is on it every night and i'm like i'm never getting a tiktok i have one i just like and i post videos here and there but i'm just like I, it seems like too much work to be on like to i'm like because i don't want to like just post to potentially like yes i'd love to go viral but i'm not gonna like put all my energy into just becoming viral I'm like there's so much more and i there's so many more important things happening right now and i think in the last like six months and especially the last three months i've been extremely focused on this election so i'm hoping that at the end of this week i'll be able to sleep a little bit easier i i hope so <laughs> i know i'm sure it's very different where you are right now um a lot of anxiety going on lately it's i'm sending you a lot of positive energy being in texas and just you know I'm, yeah. <laughs> i mean i feel like everywhere just right now it's like it's hard not to have anxiety. Oh my God. I know my boyfriend and I are together and we've been together all at quarantine now. And we've both just been very open and transparent about like, you know, some days are good. And some days I just can't think about anything else. And I think yesterday I was very anxious today. I'm anxious, but I'm glad that I have this to talk with you for an hour about not like everything theater and, yes. you know, which was great. And, you know, I just try to keep myself busy and just, you know, keep myself active. I love that. Well, anyways, thank you for uh, joining me to talk on this. Absolutely. Thank you for watching this episode of Backstage with Becca B. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Becca B Talks TV. Or for more exclusive content from this interview and more, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Backstage with Becca B. Make sure to subscribe to my channel and like this video. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give me a five-star rating. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you guys next time. Bye!